0: beautiful people. My name is Brenda Davies. I'm the host of In the Gray. And today we're discussing public shame and whether or not your behavior on the internet is angelic or downright villainous. Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. But before we begin, I have heard your concern about today's sponsor, and I want to remind you that I myself am devoted to only bringing you products and services that I genuinely believe in. I have done research, I am currently using BetterHelp and enjoying it a lot myself, and I will continue to update you if anything changes. So with that said, today's sponsor is BetterHelp, because we all deserve to ask for and receive the help that we need. The human experience is not easy. I know so many people have benefited from therapy. And let's be honest, reaching a personal goal of being healthy, mind, body and soul is no easy feat. The therapists at BetterHelp can empower you to face anxiety, fear, insecurity, depression, relationship woes, trauma, you name it. If you're facing a dilemma, large or small, BetterHelp can help. If you're a bit wary of therapy, BetterHelp is an excellent option because you can customize the experience to you. You can choose between text if you don't want to be seen, phone or video calls, and the therapists are matched to your personal needs. BetterHelp is more affordable than in-person therapy, and you'll be matched with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is all about. And as a special offer to In The Grey listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com godisgray. That's betterhelp.com slash godisgray. Thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast episode. Now, public shame is as old as time. From dunce caps meant to humiliate school children, ducking stools and scolds to force women into submission, shaming parades, so aptly named. To the pillory, where people were subjected to harassment, spit, and even occasionally killed by pelted rocks, objects, or animals. And now, in glorious 2022, just kidding, this year appears to be another nightmare, our shaming device of choice is social media. 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 And now, you don't have to be famous to be famously shamed. A shame mob can come for anyone. So even if you think this video isn't for you, one day soon, you could tweet something offensive or ignorant before hopping on a plane. Or you could tweet an opinion that's given a bad faith interpretation. You could hold your hand the wrong way and be mistaken for a white supremacist. You could stand up for yourself in a matter that's authentic to you, but offends others. Or, God forbid, your mom or someone you love could have a breakdown in the local grocery store. For any of these social media crimes, the punishment can be steep, from job loss to depression to death. And before we go on, let me clarify, there is a major difference between shame and accountability. There is a difference between sharing information and demanding that others acquiesce to your personal opinion. For example, accountability would look like you having an in-person or text or phone conversation with your uncle who made a sexist comment, and his reception to that accountability would mean that he looks inward, processes the information that you gave him, and apologizes for the words that he used or the way that he hurt you. Meanwhile, Grace would look like you, while doling out that accountability, actually listening to the person you're speaking with, taking into account their journey, their upbringing, their indoctrination into false ideas, and giving them the time and space to process the information you gave them. Or you could screenshot your uncle and humiliate him on TikTok your choice. And I mean it. It is your choice. The power of how you choose to behave online and the result those choices have on your nervous system is entirely in your hands. And that is great news. In a time where the world's systems are quite literally falling apart, with Russia declaring war on the Ukraine and Texas declaring war on trans children and their families... This is no time to check out and fall into the toxicity of social media. We can use these platforms for light or darkness, for our mental well being or our mental unraveling. The power of that choice is completely within your hands. And I know that some of you may be shouting, but Brenda, some people require a loud and public bit of accountability, which is of course true. But as the YouTuber
1: Gothics points out, Typically, when someone is accused of sexual assault or another crime, there's something that we call a fair trial, which includes evidence, deliberation, and a verdict. However, in the court of public opinion, aka Twitter or Facebook, it seems that only people care about is just the sentencing
0: part. Gothic's addressed her views on public shame after being harassed so relentlessly that the experience jeopardized her mental health and livelihood.
1: Back in 2019, I was canceled for voicing my distaste for Disney's decision to cast a black actress as Ariel in the live-action Little Mermaid. When we talk about representation for people of color, I find race-bending a historically white character more of a cash grab than anything else. Of course, black Twitter did not take kindly to my opinions on that, and in a span of 24 hours, I was labeled anti-black, that I hate black women, etc, etc, etc opinion on the movie wasn't wrong or intentionally hurtful, but to Twitter that was enough to subject me to weeks of harassment and public humiliation. The end result put me in a severe state of depression which prevented me from making a living for a while, which left me wondering how could people be so willing to participate in such a barbaric
0: practice over a difference of opinion. We're not getting into the weeds of quote cancel culture today, because that term has become so convoluted it would take an entirely different video to explain. But I believe what Gothics is really talking about here is shame. And she's hardly the only content creator to fall prey to this modern day pillory. To practice media literacy and look at the gray, I highly recommend John Ronson's podcast, The Last Days of August Ames. He meticulously pulls apart the events that led to a porn star's suicide, which many people believe was propelled by August's Twitter shaming after posting a homophobic tweet. And that's the thing, in my opinion, August's tweet was awful and perpetuated the stigmatization of gay men. But she was also a living, breathing, complex human being. And when Twitter relentlessly diminished her to a single tweet, we lost her for good. I myself spent months being accused of being racist and ableist and fat phobic by people who flattened out a single image of myself and a small handful of my friends. As a group of religious trauma survivors posing naked in the desert, I fully anticipated conservative wrath. I imagined that we would hear we were Jezebels and whores and told to shrink ourselves in shame by the conservative community. What I did not expect was a mob of voices from my own community, flattening that image, creating false narratives, and refuting the truth that 20 things can be true about a photo or about a single tweet, and that all of that nuance is worthy of discussion, is worthy of analyzing before pelting rocks and hurling names. When the left shames someone on the left, the resulting turmoil, confusion, and depression can really spiral out of control because usually the thing the person is being shamed about is an issue they genuinely care about, like not being ableist, racist, or fatphobic. And we are all on this journey making mistakes together. So the shamed party will either be flung into virtue signaling, frantically reposting black and neurodiverse creators just to prove to the woke mob that they are worthy and not a bad person or they will go inward tormenting themselves while their audience demands your silence is deafening we need you to comment on this while having no regard for this creator's mental health or ability to completely understand the issue at hand Internet, what are you doing? Shame and fear will never propel progress. If anything, we have to overcome those negative emotions of shame and fear to make true change in our lives and the lives of others. Also, shaming yourself or other people into virtue signaling is the best way to promote the spread of false information, which is the last thing we need. I remember during George Floyd's murder, I was relentlessly told by white women in my comment sections and DMs that I had to constantly post to prove my anti-racism. In the midst of that frantic reposting, I spread misinformation, which blows my mind because that goes against everything that I stand for here on this channel, which is to provide accurate information to you to the best of my ability. And on that note... Thank God I see people reposting Dr. Devin Price's message, reading, You are not obligated to issue grand proclamations about incredibly complex issues you know relatively little about, with the caption reading, You should be worried, is a red flag. Why would you ever have a moral imperative to be in a state that makes information processing and logic harder? And to my fellow religious trauma survivors... Why in the hell would we allow ourselves to fall prey to shame and fear all over again, to being told what voices we are to adhere to, to being told from outside sources how we are to behave, speak, and even think? Does that not sound like evangelicalism to you? And I am surely not zombie-walking right back into that oppressive mentality, not for anyone. Like the wonderful creator Africa Brooke writes, it's important that you filter everything presented to you through your own self-awareness, apply critical thinking, and remember that your outrage is not for rent. Use it wisely and on your own terms. Or think, as the American poet, essayist, and educator Robert Hayden wrote, we must not be frightened nor cajoled into accepting evil as deliverance from evil. We must go on struggling to be human, though monsters of abstractions police and threaten us. So how do we apply Robert Hayden's wisdom to our own lives? These are my three tips on instigating positive change on social media, your own dang self. One, take care of yourself. In the pandemic, we all defaulted to our phone for social contact, which in itself is not a bad thing. But when we reside with our neck down, looking at our phone all the time, we are more likely to dehumanize others and to take on shame or fear ourselves. So you need to combat this by loving on yourself, by giving your body, he, she, or they, everything they need to feel safe and loved in this world. And this means Noticing when your head is down too long and your neck starts to ache or when your jaw or your shoulders are clenched in fear or frustration or rage in those moments, listen to the message that your body is sending you. Get out in nature, take a walk, find a forest, find an ocean, draw a bath, talk to a friend, have a conversation that enlivens and enriches you, watch a comedy show, put on something funny, anything that you can do to listen to the message that your body is sending, which I bet is something along the lines of, hey, honey, look up from your phone and be present. We are living in this present moment and we need to wake up to that and wake up to the messages that our bodies are sending. Before you comment or tweet, get into your own body and determine, am I wanting to say this out of rage or anger or hate or fear or shame? Or am I wanting to say this out of love for myself and for those around me? And if the answer is not love, Can you, I compel you to take a pause, sit back and think, do I really need to send this tweet? And this is super important because of number two, practicing media literacy. Before you harass and demonize others, you need to critically think about your own behavior. You need to be willing to look past a mere headline or a flattened image or a tweet before you decide to smear and hurt another human being. Between the Britney documentary and every tabloid story ever, we can see how our public shame cycles hurt real people. Meanwhile, we can and should do better. A great example of practicing media literacy in the Britney Spears situation would be to listen to Call Her Daddy's interview with Jamie Lynn, her sister. We, the public, were so quick to demolish the character of Jamie Lynn while never hearing her side of the story. Listen to the gray, hear all sides, and before judging, ask why you're judging in the first place. And while we're practicing being better people, in this very moment, we can decide if we're going to mock and humiliate Kanye West like we did to Britney Spears, or if we would rather treat people in the midst of a potential mental health crisis with more compassion this time.
1: It's like a sprained brain, like having a sprained ankle. And if someone has a sprained ankle, you're not going to push on him more. Right. With us, once our brain gets to a point of spraining,
0: people do everything to make it worse. And for those who are still committed to public shame, I want to point out that some people in these public situations don't consider that they had a positive outcome from these woke mobs. And if you're still not sure your tweets and comments matter, Look to Ahmed Best, the Jar Jar Binks actor who revealed he contemplated suicide following a Star Wars Episode One backlash. Which brings us to number three, recognize your own power. And this is such a good thing. Not everyone will practice righteous or careful behavior online. So it is in your power to not input or output shame. This channel has always been about finding the truth for yourself. For example, don't let anyone bully you into not being friends with someone that you care about because they don't share all your views or because they've said something online that other people don't agree with. It is key and crucial to maintain friendships and communication with people that don't share our views. This is the only way to instigate compassionate and authentic change. Follow creators who lean into nuance and who prioritize truth over salaciousness. And on the contrary, unfollow, mute, or even block anyone you want it is your life you are within your own power to determine who takes up real estate in your real life and on your social feeds and with that said this is petty and embarrassing but for me i'm wildly jealous of wealth and nepotism i don't want to be but here i am i'm working on it That said, I'd never ask another person to dull their shine to protect my negative emotions from coming up. I don't follow the Hadid's because their posts thrust me into envy and fear of my own lack. What I don't do is go on the Hadid's page and demand that they stop posting about their affluence or success what I do is take that power back into my own hands. I realize what their images and posts stir up inside of me. And I use that information to figure out how I can be better, to ask myself, why am I afraid of lack? Why am I afraid of not having enough money? That is the work that I have to do. And at the same time, I choose not to subject myself to those images. And the beautiful thing is, when you exercise grace for yourself and recognize that a lot of times these bad behaviors we display online are simply an output of our own fears, then we are more able to extend grace to others. And this works vice versa, practice extending grace to others and you will have more grace and compassion for yourself. When you practice media literacy, when you recognize that your experience online is something you can cultivate yourself, then you will be truly empowered to win this shame game, to overcome it, and to be an instigator of true positive change in this world. And that's it. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends, donate to my Patreon or Venmo if you can. I love you all so much. God bless.